Welcome to Psychs in the City, the modern day mental health podcast brought to you by Dr. Ditzel Psychiatry. Each week, New York's top psychiatrist, Dr. Jeff Ditzel, is going to bring you an interesting mental health topic to continue the conversation and help end the stigma surrounding mental health. No topic is off limits when it comes to Dr. D Psychiatry. And with that, here's your host, Dr. Jeff Ditzel. Welcome to Sykes in the City. <laughs> we haven't recorded one of these for a while, just me and you. So it's glad to have your face back. <laughs> cozy, cozy. <laughs> I want to launch into this because, you know, there's a lot going on still at the minute. And we've had a few inboxes, you know, there's a lot of kind of connections and stuff like on social media. And a lot of it is coming from young men. And I feel like at the moment, especially still, there's such this focus on mental health as a whole, but also when it comes to men's mental health. It's something that I've always kind of wanted to ask you, and I'm surprised it's took this long to have this kind of conversation. But why do you think men struggle to open up and talk about their mental health? I think it's cultural largely you know men are supposed to be stoic to a, a sense and by some people's reckoning and not really talk about their feelings uh, to begin with let alone their mental health so I think that largely it's just something that's learned or you know either part of a, a stigma or uh, sort of an iconic version of men and what men should be certainly not yeah. weak or, or um, giving the sense that there's a vulnerability even though uh, the best leaders actually have vulnerability and just simply address it when I was in Iraq uh, we did a as the division psychiatrist for Iraq and I did a after hours clinic for cadre or command um, just because there was a still a little bit of stigma in the military regarding this. I think it's come a long, long, long way since um, then. But I did an after hours, not that there was any after hours in Iraq. You know, <laughs> if there were bankers hours, I guess. So I did an evening clinic and I would have commanders, generals, lieutenant colonels, colonels, captains, majors, um, but people who are in command. Um, come into this clinic and you know the best leaders I often felt um, weren't necessarily the ones who never showed vulnerability or weakness but um, when they needed help um, led by their example to their men um, and women would reach out um, and demonstrate you know set the example set the standard that um, it's okay if you have mental health issues or if you have a, a moment where you gotta take a breath um, and reach out for help and, and they did and they demonstrated through their behavior which I always think is the best form of leadership you know lead from the front yeah um, to show look you know I have vulnerabilities too the idea is to get the help you need so you can get back in the fight I think it's really important and it's something that to be fair I hadn't really considered before 
obviously with the military is predominantly a male kind of you know environment so i imagine there would be a lot of pressurized situation i mean especially like when you've been in some of the places that you've you you've been in i don't know the demographics now i mean the american military at least the army seemed as if it was pretty even i could be wrong but it wasn't noticeably more male or more female there's a lot of yeah fantastic female soldiers um in all branches of the military but i was in the army so that's what i saw the most I Definitely generally do find Definitely not. Definitely better shots. <laughs> I'd qualify as a marksman each year, which, you know, is the barest qualification means you can fire the weapon and hit a target. Um, but I often thought I was the most dangerous if I just threw the weapon at the target. What? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I mean, I'm no expert, but I'm pretty sure that's not how it works. <laughs> probably not. We're all in trouble when they have the uh, the psychiatrist affix bayonets, and we're all in trouble. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it's a really important conversation because speaking from personal experience, I did that, to, to, I was about to say typical male thing, and I don't even think it is a male thing. I think I feel like everyone does this now. Like, you know, they bottle things up. They don't want to kind of admit that they're scared, they're vulnerable and show that what I think is a sign, well, I, not anymore, I don't think this, but like people think it's a sign of weakness. But what was actually happened that day when I admitted that I was scared, like I needed help and that vulnerability was probably one of the best days of my life because it was like a weight had been lifted and I felt like, oh, okay, there is all this incredible help out there regardless of where you live in the world. And I, I think, you know, we, we do this like on a regular basis, especially on this show that, you know, it's okay not to be okay, like whether you're male or female or, you know, whatever you kind of identify as, it's so important to reach out when things get a little bit too heavy. You know, you can't, it's like, I always think of stuff like this as well. Like, you know, like, you know, that scene in Friends when they're trying to get the sofa up the stairs. They're like, pivot, pivot. <laughs> like, you can't do things by yourself. Like, you know, as much as you might think you're the strongest, you know, person in the world, strong minded person. But everybody, every now and again, just needs that little bit of help. I mean, as men hosting, obviously, this show, I'm almost certain there's been times when even you, you've been like, no, I can do this by myself. Don't need anybody. Oh, you mean this morning? <laughs> uh, see, there you go. There you go. <laughs> oh, this morning. You're talking about when we were talking about an hour ago? <laughs> Yeah, so that's true. You know, I think it's very true. There's times, there's times when everyone needs a little bit of support or uh, a hand or um, maybe an opportunity to uh, see the situation differently in front of them, and you only get that by talking to other human beings. Um, I think as stigma is lessened around mental health um, even though it's still there 
Um, people feel a little more comfortable about reaching out. And you know, something that you and I talk about a lot of the time is understanding that supports are available whether you're having an out-and-out um, severe issue or emergency. Um, another side of the coin is thinking of psychiatry or psychology or mental health as maybe a place to sort of create uh, a sound chamber for your thoughts where you can reflect with someone who has some clinical training and then um, even in a less distressing situation, right? Like say things are fairly good. Mm-hmm. You can go and, and seek counsel and guidance and therapy and coaching and all sorts of technique in how to improve the situation. Because um, we can always improve the situation. It's sort of a never-ending evolution. And mental health uh, providers, you know, provided they're so inclined, and they, they work in those areas, can offer coaching and technique and how to improve an already good situation. In other words, it doesn't always have to be there's a disaster going on and some horrible emergency or acute thing, even though uh, we're there for that too and we're game for it. Um, if you just wanted to kind of look at how you're putting together your life, yeah. how you're constructing it, um, in order to be a happy human being, productive and happy, and how to do that um, in a way that uplifts those around you as opposed to uh, takes away from them in some way. I think that's a worthy uh, thing to discuss in treatment if you're willing to do it. So it's, it's a much more proactive stance. It's more um, along the lines instead of putting out fires of building the runway ahead of you um, to succeed over a long course of time and and perhaps do it with um, increased vigor and strength and motivation if you depend on such (laughs) things like motivation it's a loaded word right but I think there's huge amounts of um, habit and technique that can be gained um, from talking to another human being who's holding you accountable to being the best version of yourself and I think that's incredibly exciting you know to navigate life in that fashion you've got this internal mindset that's allowing you to not only get things done or overcome obstacles but do it in a manner that um, is deeply satisfying at the same time challenging and sort of uh, an outlet for creativity I was having having this conversation with Julian Walker, one of our coaches in the practice, and I was just saying, you know, like, uh, with the way that things are going and we're building the practice and the ideas that um, you and I are are throwing around each day and all that, there's so much work yet to be done to uplift everyone around us, and, you know, how do we do that, and you know, one of the ways that we do it, I think, is by coaching and instructing and teaching and learning from each other. And so as we were talking about that, I was kind of giving the example that I like to give of, you know, you can turn any mundane task or just something that you have to do in the world um, into something that gives you energy or improves your capacity if you simply dip it in meaning. And as such, 
I, I said, you know, sometimes the meaning can be you're simply doing it when you don't want to do it and you're applying self-discipline to get a thing done but at the same time to improve your capacity to do the things you don't want to do. And I said, you know, I live that every day and matter of fact, I just did the dishes now and if you ask my son who is in the next room um, why I did them, he'll, he'll tell you verbatim, I can tell you exactly what he's going to say, which is exactly what he said. I said, so I said, Ty, my, my son Ty, not Jack, he was downstairs, but Ty was in the other room. I said, Ty, tell, tell Julian why Daddy just did the dishes. And he looks at me and he looks at the phone I'm holding up kind of quizzically. He's like, because you don't want to, right? <laughs> exactly. I trained them early. My father wasn't around when I was a, a kid, so I just remember having this very consistent thought of, gosh, I wish I had somebody around to answer all these questions I have. Just how things yeah. work. I, I don't think I ever figured out, it was self-disclose this, I, I didn't figure out what the little little opening in the underwear in the front. <laughs> I never knew what that was about. <laughs> what do you mean? I just... I, just, I would have thought that would have been self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> but all these, like, you know, how do things work questions, that was one of them. That was a mystifier for me right there for a while. <laughs> and, um, yeah, how things... Just how things work. Didn't we... We talked about something similar recently. I... It's like it took me 50 years to figure this out. One of those... I, was, I was never shown how to shave. I feel like that's yeah. quite a pivotal kind of moment. I see that. I see that. <laughs> yeah, still, I still don't. <laughs> still don't. I still haven't mastered that one. Well, there's all these little things, you know, like I was showing my little boys. They, You just need to show them everything, you know. To teach them there's a way yeah. to do things there's a way to approach things and you can always you know teach them just to pay attention essentially yeah. it's like the, this all starts with like if you actually want to succeed at things you need to concentrate on them you need to be aware you need to pay attention as one was tripping and the other was you know <laughs> well we'd, we'd gone to the diner because they had baseball we got there two and a half hours early a little bit early so we went to the <laughs> just, diner just a tad yeah we're prepared you're either early or you're late you have to pick one right so we went to the diner. We just said, okay, fine, we'll go to the diner, uh, get some breakfast. And it was time to leave. And I was like, okay, pack up your food because they still had food left. We don't like to waste it. So they pack it up and they pack it up like, like hobos. <laughs> I don't know what they were, they were, they were packing like, I don't know, they're going to jump a freight train to Kentucky or something. And, uh, they just kind of piled it all in. They, my one boy was putting it, you know, they give you the container and yeah. they putting it in both sides of it. I'm like, that's going to be a shit show if you <laughs> try to open that again. <laughs> try that, right? So I showed him, this is how you pack and this is how you hold it so it doesn't turn in the bag while you're going and all. But it's, it, you know, all that stuff, you give a reason why yeah. and then they get it, you know, and it's like that for adults as well they you got to start with a big enough why do you know what like, i find really interesting with that and i think it, especially you know we're talking about like, like men's mental health is that 
it's those kinds of lessons that are being taught now about, you know, how to concentrate, you know, the importance of like, you know, paying attention and, you know, kind of being open and honest why we do things the way we do them. I don't think, and, you know, I'm not saying this is why I've had, you know, my own kind of like mental challenges, but I feel like if I'd had those kind of teachings at a younger age to say, okay, it, yeah, it's okay if things are going to be stressful, this, that, and the other, you know, take a step back, this, that, and the other. And it, it's, it's quite interesting. And it, we were, you know, we were talking about it on a previous episode um, with, with Caitlin, and she mm-hmm. was saying about, these kind of things aren't taught in schools like you know we're we're 30 and to have only really now being taught how to manage our emotions how what to do if we're angry what to do if we're stressed Mm -hmm. because and I feel like that's why I feel like we are moving in the right direction but there's still so much work to go I still see it with my dad now and my uncles and they've got this kind of built up kind of no I can do everything this that and the other mm. and I feel like and I've only really recently understood this but it was from a point of view where when everything happened in, on my own mental health journey because I had these kind of influences around me it made mm. me feel like I had to do that which obviously then led me down quite a vulnerable path because I didn't accept any help and you know I want it to be kind of like a lesson learned that and to anyone who might be listening to this you know male or female that it's okay to be scared it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to kind of admit that you do need help I know like we keep kind of repeating but I really want it to sink in because from someone who's been on the receiving end of that kind of kind of journey if you like that my life genuinely changed for the better when I asked for help even when we have these kind of conversations now and I'm like oh I've had a bad day we talk about it you kind of give me some advice you give me some coaching and you know it's just a really powerful tool that the practice offers but you are going to have to open up and kind of really own how you're feeling if you want to move forward and get better it's true i i think that people just if they don't know that there's some alternative it's kind of hard to begin with a moment of vulnerability and say okay i i need some help or i don't know or um there's something i'm trying to work out if they don't see well here are here are the things that can help you right if you if you saw them laid out in front of you you could go okay well fine, I've got something I'm working on and I I see that there's this array of things that I can do right immediately in front of yeah. me and easy to access and, you know, you all uh, who are offering these things are all about it and you seem approachable and seem like you know what you're doing, so let's pitch in together and see if we can solve it. You know, I, I get to experience this every day with Francis in the gym is the beginning of my day to it's kind of the key and the ignition of what I do and it allows me to have a tangible process to go through um, that's performance-based with, with the coach um, and easier for me to wrap my head around so that I can apply the same principles um, to hopefully higher level 
uh, thought processes and it's it's basically realizing that um, your capacity is primarily limited not by the externals in the world but by your own resistance to the truth you know whether it's the truth of you need some help you need some coaching or the truth that life's a struggle you know no matter how you slice it it's a struggle and uh, the next series of obstacles is coming so if you're prepared for it then you're ready to use it um, to your advantage and I think it is an advantage because there's that moment each day and I, I get to experience it with Francis each morning really early where you're not certain you're going to be able to do what is in front of you usually with me it's looking down the face of positive muscle failure <laughs> and <laughs> the, no matter what you you're, you're trying to throw at it the weight's coming for you it's coming down and because that's what you're trying to do you're trying to get to positive muscle failure and um when you begin to see see that as an opportunity, when that uncertainty uh, is a signal for you, it's not a fait accompli, it's not unmutable or immutable. What's what's the word for it? Like it's not necessarily. I have no idea. <laughs> you can alter the situation. You know, you you. There's that moment of. It's I'm not going to be able to do this, and you think about very quickly given up it's gonna stop I gotta stop it's over it's done I can't go on I can't do another not even another rep and there's a moment of fear it's fear you know fear of letting the other person down fear of um, not meeting the task and there's just that moment of uncertainty and if you're willing to do it if you're willing to develop the technique and the habit both in training physically, but also uh, mental resiliency, then you are able to recognize that as a signal and head towards it. And oftentimes you'll succeed surprisingly. Um, and I think it's just immensely satisfying to be in the moment. And that's what the, the entire workout up until then is for. It's to get to that peak moment where it's uncertain and you soldier on anyway you push forward you look at the the uncertainty not as your destiny but you look at it as an opportunity to perform beyond your capacity and it's it's you know one of those incredible moments um, that when shared you know with another human being who can sort of witness to that um, is a very bonding experience and um, and a very very motivating and satisfying experience. I've got a bit of a deep question to ask you now. Sure, <laughs> sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, with the kind of journey that you've been on through, you know, like your, you know, like your army days, to, <clears throat> you know, your doctor days, like even like you know the stuff that you're doing now. Yeah. yeah. If you could go back to like your 10 year old self and give yourself some advice, what would you say? So that's, 
It's one of those great questions, right? Um, I would say that anything's possible, absolutely anything, anything that you can put, that you can create in your mind, provided you simply don't give up. That you just never, ever, whatever else you do, don't give up. As long as you don't give up, you can succeed. And you'll do it beyond your wildest dreams. And there's so much out there. Ten-year-old Jeff. <laughs> that, that you can't even begin to contemplate the things that you're going to be able to accomplish and the, the lives you're going to touch if you just simply won't give up. That becomes a thing unto itself. No matter what, you won't give up. And I can't tell you the number of times in a day that I validate that for myself. It, it's something as simple as um, we do ketamine infusion in the practice for treatment-resistant depression. And sometimes um, we have people who just, they can't, they don't have veins, you know, it's, yeah. it's the same. They have veins, of course, but they're hiding them. <laughs> <laughs> and some people just don't have very good veins. And, you know, when you're trying to put an infusion in and you're trying to put an IV in and there just simply isn't a vein to be had and you start looking around and getting creative. And I was in there just Friday and we had a, a client who just notoriously is dehydrated and has really difficult veins to find and um, I took all of 45 minutes but we got it he, he got his infusion he was very very grateful because you know he he was going to give up and just go home and I said no we can we can find just be patient Stick with it. and I walked away from it and it was just like one of those lessons of persevere and just keep moving forward and you'll get what you need Usually we limit ourselves and our, our resistance to, um, it's our own resistance in our head really and we give up and we say we're done and we, we, don't, we don't have another attempt in us or we don't have another uh, shot at it. Then it becomes, if we, if we accept that, if we accept that automatic negative thought, then it becomes reality. But if you won't accept that there's nothing that you can accomplish, if you, if you, won't accept defeat, no matter what, as as part of your philosophy, then you really can't be stopped. You just simply can't be stopped. You can only be stopped by yourself. Um, and I think that's an amazing thing to grasp um, because you realize what's possible. And you know, we we see that in the practice, right? That we were talking this morning when I was begging for your help, begging. <laughs> <laughs> This podcast would be wholly different if I were doing it just all by myself. <laughs> it'd, it'd be horrible. So, you know, the things that we're putting together for the practice and the things alongside the practice um, and giving back and, and making it an inspiring sort of uh, transcendent thing, it's doable. You know, we talk about these things. I mean, just even what you and I are doing right now is amazing to me. You know, that we can talk about these things and hopefully make it a little more accessible to people and give them creative ideas and how they can use these tools other than, you know, sort of the obvious schema that people have in their heads yeah. of, oh, I'm massively depressed and, you know, I, I 
can't go out and things like that. And so that's the time, you know, to wait to that dire moment to go see a mental health professional, you know, maybe thinking more along the lines of, <clears throat> sorry, a collaboration with a mental health team that's mm-hmm. there to help you design um, your best um, attempt at having a happy life. I think that's an amazing um, sort of idea that we're cultivating here and hopefully people will be like-minded in that and we can help them. I think it's, it's I think it's a perfect way to kind of wrap up this episode. The fact that, you know, not giving up, you know, it's got you to where you are today. And, you know, I want it to be the message that is coming from this episode and is the fact that, again, speaking from personal experience, being at rock bottom and being ready to give up, I didn't. I kept going. I kept pushing. And now I'm in a situation where I'm the happiest I've ever been. I have an incredible team around me and I've got a dream job. And I know this all sounds like really kind of glorified and like an in, like incredibly thing, but believe me, from being at rock bottom and being as vulnerable as I was and continuing to push through, if I can get from that dark place, I know for a fact that to anyone listening to this, can do exactly the same thing. All you've got to do is reach out and ask for that little bit of help. There is nothing to be ashamed of. There's nothing to be afraid of. But generally from the conversation that you just heard me and Jeff have, anything is impossible. No, anything is possible. You just don't give up ever. Because we'll find out. We'll find out. Watching from behind you, <laughs> always watching. Like I that, think that, that monster from Monsters Inc. She's like watching, always watching. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we are. We you know we are. We we stand behind what we say, and we uh, the whole team you know lives it every day. Um, they make every life around them better, including mine. Our team makes my life better. Because they're amazing human beings, you as well. Aww. Thank you. I, I was waiting. Aww. I was waiting for the compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Little feet of sweat coming yes. down your brow. <laughs> and that was, a, that was a tear. <laughs> but also, um, you know, if you're part of our crew, we're going to be behind you 100. percent You know, and it's it's an amazing thing to have. I think as talented as some of our teammates are you know, to have a whole group of people who, a whole um, cadre of people who are behind you and just want you to be your best version, you know, your posse. I think we're the, a good posse to have, you know, behind you. Definitely. (laughs) um, Because we're genuinely excited about you succeeding and we'll give you everything we got to get you there as far as coaching and technique and forming habits. So when you see someone using those techniques and, and building those good habits, it's uh, immensely exciting and satisfying. You know, look over and see someone that you're coaching and, and um, either doing therapy with or, or uh, med management or ketamine infusions or whatever we can offer 
um, fit lifestyle, um, nutrition, all these building blocks and see people put them together with creativity and imagination and then succeed beyond anything you were able to envision, it's, um, it's a good way to go through life, I think. It's the best way to go through life. Best way, yeah. <laughs> Even better when you get over here, man. Wow, okay, <laughs> yeah, we're getting there, we're getting there. <laughs> but with that being said, like genuinely, like thank you for joining us once again to hear the pair of us ramble on about some it's not even rambling like we're incredibly passionate about this stuff and you know if you do want to find out more about you know the kind of services that the practice offers or even if you just wanted to have a bit of a chat the dms are or no wrong show wrong show <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't help but notice that shameless plug behind you <laughs> well this how did, how did this get here <laughs> But yeah, reach out, you know, you know where we are on Instagram, you know, you can check out the website. There is some, some incredible advice for anyone who might be struggling over it. Obviously, Jeff Ditz or psychiatry.com. But yeah, as always, Jeff, thank you for joining me. Well, us, it's our show, the pair of us. Now we're clapping like Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> but yeah, and as always, we will see you next week for a brand new episode of Sykes in the City. All right, brother, see you. Boy. Thank you for listening to Sykes in the City. The podcast is all about ending the stigma surrounding mental health. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share with your friends, and follow us on social for more exclusive content.